0: All those St. Louis is honking their horns.
1: You hear that? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I feel like, let them go. I don't need to see what this mess is about. It's a fucking truck right like now,
0: they're... I'm going to lose my- Yeah, is that the thing that they do now where they just drive past somebody's house like real early in the morning and blow their horns?
1: I'm going to go see. One moment. Mm. Oh, I <laughs> It's not now. Y'all couldn't
0: schedule
1: this shit some
0: other time. Holy shit. Come on, guys. It's Saturday.
1: Okay. Hello? Hello. It's like a birthday parade. (laughs) And, like, first of all, we don't live, I don't live on, like, a particularly busy street. Like, you're coming down this way because you know someone down here or you yourself live down here. I want to be like, people are trying to rest. Shut up. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, but yeah, it's a birthday parade. So it's like a van and they've got balloons. And I guess. But like, it's... you clearly don't know anyone down here. You're all driving through. Why?
0: <laughs> oh, they don't even know. Hmm. 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 Okay. I,
1: okay. At least it's not a Trump. I didn't think it'd be a Trump train because St. Louis City do not do that. <laughs> <sighs> but like okay I'm sorry to get up anyway slowly getting back to reading
0: uh, yeah yes
1: very slowly your baby has probably read more books this year than I have
0: I he, he's like I need to make him a good reads page because <laughs> <laughs> he is really um, putting mama to shame <laughs> he's like get up read three books <laughs> do my exercises <laughs>
1: Baby's first Goodreads challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm at. But yeah. we are recording because Molly, this is so funny. Because when people come for genre fiction, that seems to be like Molly's butt Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny
1: <laughs> because Molly was like, "We got to record about this recent BS." And there's been a lot of B- BS in in like there the has been. since we
0: Absolutely. And I haven't, I haven't seen, like, all of it, so you're going to have to walk me through some things. If you're here clicking, that's me, like, on Twitter trying to remember <laughs> what, what all was going on. But, Daria, why don't you introduce... Oh, yeah, this is... We don't have a book. Um, I think we'll just talk about a chat and, like, end of year kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, kick it off for um, the most wonderful time of the year, Urban, like, January. <laughs>
1: do you want to do another or do we, are we both agreeing that like our reading wasn't spectacular enough to deserve its own episode and we'll just incorporate our end of the year stuff here.
0: I agree. Okay.
1: <laughs> Cause I haven't even opened like my one spreadsheet. Y'all know me and my fucking spreadsheets. I haven't opened that spreadsheet in what has to be at least three months. So yeah, it's just been... mm.
0: no, I feel you. It's like whatever I can remember. <laughs> what we'll talk about but first let's go let's kick it old school as the kids say <laughs> and um just start with some book mess.
1: okay so the one that brought us to the party mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so this is all over twitter and we're gonna discuss i think the it's about romance but i think we both as genre readers take We're going to view it from that kind of angle, I think, because like the romance Mm -hmm. specifically is a whole other conversation. But there was an author writer who wrote a guest piece for HuffPost titled Writing Erotica was a 2020 career pivot. I never saw coming. Mm -hmm. Bolstered by my new secret identity as an erotic writer, I decided it was time to come clean to my family. And so the gist of the story is oh it's been updated. Oh, never mind. The gist of the story is this woman in lockdown. She was, you know, things were not going great. She leaned into this already existing Outlander obsession she had and decided to take a stab at writing romance slash erotica. Sounds like mm-hmm. mostly erotica. Sounds like she's conflating the two. Mm-hmm. And in, in this piece, she she's uh, touch condescending <laughs> about <laughs> the genre, her own work, um, how like just the whole treatment of it in her own like approach to writing it just comes off as very one um money driven Mm -hmm. she's just in it for the money and two she's still she's taking this sort of oh it's 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 condescending i don't know what do you call when you're condescending to yourself like she's she's talking about herself sort of self-deprecatingly but in the same time she's bringing down everyone
0: yeah, it's like she found this, it's almost like she found this thing that, so so like the gist is her mother was sick, mm-hmm. her kids, you know, are at home because of COVID, she's worried about like her job, freelance, everything like that. So it seems like, you know, she was watching Outlander and she found a lot of comfort in it. And she said, hey, I'm a writer. I want to try writing this. She start this is where the condescension starts because she's like well if they could do it then i can do it and she's looking all around for romance novels um why she didn't pick up the outlander series i don't know <laughs> but she says uh she couldn't find any that were um well written or just not like trashy so she decided she could do it better herself and through writing these books she found like a writer a, a uh, community of different writers who really seemed like they took her in and, you know, um, helped her with her craft. It seemed like her writing improved. Um, she was making money, so she felt like less economic anxiety around, uh, you know, her uh, uh, freelance career kind of drying up. And she felt like more in tune with her own sexuality, which um, <laughs> I think... <laughs> Um, brings us to the real villain of the story, her husband. Oh gosh, this guy. It really, and I can't, I don't know their marriage, I can't say anything, but it seems like he's kind of, if I was reading this, like, critically, if I was reading this, like, a yellow wallpaper situation, or what's the dude who kept his wife in the attic, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) And it's like, they're kind of the stand-in for, like, uh, this patriarchal view or something. Um... You know, he gets really mad at her or he doesn't get really mad at her. But he says like, oh, so you're writing smut while I'm trying to save the world with my Internet of Things platform, sir. Platform. First of all, Daniel, can you describe to me what that means, what Internet of Things means? Because I don't understand it.
1: Basically, I'm no expert, but I just know from the courses, courses I take, the Internet of Things is just connecting things to each other so that they can communicate better and faster so sort of like how like take like the apple ecosystem So like your mm-hmm. phone can talk to your computer which can talk to your smartwatch but like go bigger i guess like maybe alexa is a better example because alexa you can get those smart bulbs mm-hmm. and they'll light up your house alexa you can like i guess alexa can turn on your oven now mm-hmm. um, you can get a smart fridge it's basically all of these things that connect and communicate to each other, and like form their own network.
0: And so, so like, worse buttons.
1: <laughs> the, the dash button. You remember that? Yes. And I guess for like an industrial level, it's basically like so factories can have these like machines and units and processes that communicate with each other. I guess with less human intervention. But again, it's just it's just a smart like it's just a smart factory. You're like building
0: they I all in a when, uh, factory once it saw a big old robot arm? Exactly. <laughs> but it's like, I, I bring that up because, like, when I was, so, um, my husband, like, loves your Twitter feed. <laughs> uh, he reads your Twitter feed, like, all the time. and He's always like, Daniel said this. Or what is he? <laughs> like, he is your number one subscriber on Twitter. Hi. Yeah. I, I, don't know if so, I name on the air, so I will <laughs> say Um uh so i you posted this, this is how i found it and the what's the quote like oh first i broke the news to my husband whose pandemic coping mechanism of choice had been to build an industrial iot platform when i told him about my new erotic literary adventure he cocked his head looked at me and said so while i'm trying to better the world you'll be writing smut <laughs> So I had that up because, you know, I'm not wearing my glasses like I should be, and it's, like, huge on my screen. My husband and I are sharing an office. He turned around. He was like, oh, a, da- a new Danny tweet is up. <laughs> and he read it, and he was like, I kid you not. He was like, build an IOT platform. He was like, fuck you. <laughs> what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, even before he got rid of it, he was like, look at this asshole. Like, he went off on a tangent. And then he read that and says, "So well, I'm trying to build better the world. You'll be writing smut. And he was like, you know how happy I would be <laughs> if you decide to write smut. <laughs> you know how happy that would make me personally. <laughs> so it seems like this dude is kind of embodying, you know, this kind of art. She's putting on her husband because outside this one quote, we don't really get any of his perspective but it seems like he's standing in as a, as this figure to tell her that even though she's found economic, sexual, um, communal, emotional, emotional um, clarity through this endeavor, like because it is, you know, dirty or because it's like women's fiction or whatever, she needs someone to tell her that she can't feel good about it.
1: And it's just like, she probably directly helps more people than his not yet created (laughs) industrial internet of things platform. (laughs) She's still working on it. It hasn't helped anybody yet.
0: Right? It's like when Homer builds the the part of the robot in the garage. (laughs) It's like, why? You know? Um, But all throughout, she's just really um, condescending. Um... She really kind of comes in thinking that she's really um, invented, you know, uh, tasteful, erotica. Um, there's some weird stuff about her kids in here. and She keeps calling Where it porn.
1: Is, like the line that got me is when she talks about how her 14-year-old really got into the business. And I mean, that's fine. I don't want to sit here. I love that. But it's just she keeps talking about how this is the empire that porn built. At the same time, talking about while her son was super invested in, like, the marketing strategies and the, like... I'm, like, it's just a weird juxtaposition.
0: Yeah. It's, like, okay, well, your son, if he's interested in publishing, that's cool. Like, maybe foster that. Like, you don't have to be, like, but it's porn. (laughs) No.
1: You're living in the house that porn built. They're not,
0: (laughs) though. And it's... Yeah. It's, like, um... Uh, does she, do we know any of her books? Like, you know, I think you bring up a good point. Like she's kind of conflating all these different genres. So it's like, I really want to know, like, what does she actually write? You know?
1: Some internet sleuths have, but because there's no, like, I can tell you, like, we're off. I don't want to like put a name out there Uh, and then mm -hmm. have it like not be her. So some internet sleuths have done some sleuthing and found what they think is her pen name, but there's no like actual... Like yes, this is definitely her pen name, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't want to like blast it out here on this, mm-hmm. this podcast, and then have people and then it not be her. So I will tell right. you <laughs> in private if you want to know. You can go look it up because you, know, you can probably go on Twitter and find it honestly. Because she it took some of her bio, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this shit!" Because she repeats uh... some of the same. Whoever this author is repeats some of the same, redefining the erotica genre with you know hot sex scenes, high uh... sex emotions, and solid plots and, you know all that jazz
0: yeah so so it is so it is erotica
1: i don't i haven't read it i think oh, okay. people are saying it is erotica like that's what she's doing but it, we had this discussion <laughs> what a throwback we had this discussion when we did barbarians Bay. <laughs> we're like like when does romance become erotica and I don't read enough erotica really to even answer that question. I don't know if it's just a numbers thing or if how it plays into the plot. Like, I don't, I guess that what I'm saying is I don't know the genre conventions of erotica versus romance with a lot of sex in it, if that makes
0: sense. Right. Right. No, it does. Um, and I think, like, you know, we bring all this up, like, it seems like she's getting a lot of hate, like, everywhere. Um, and, you know, I, I don't like to pile on to people. Like, obviously, she's got a lot going on, but it's yeah. like, and it looks like they closed down the comments on this and she's gone off twitter and all this stuff and it's like it's not that deep you know but it's like be be a little bit better you know what i mean like um it's it's just it plays into so many kind of uh uh not stereotypes but like barriers that i think people put up um for um, just all writers who aren't, like, John- the Jonathan Franzen of the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this idea that, kind of- only, yeah, that only one kind of, like, book is deserving of our time and attention. And especially for women, it's like, uh, you know, this idea that they could be economically and sexually and emotionally satisfied, you know, on their own is, like, <laughs> disgusting. It needs to be stopped.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about what you said about her, like, like, she's like, it feels like she's still maybe a little embarrassed by it. So she has mm-hmm. to respond to that by like constantly making these jokes like yep, I, I'm, I peddle porn ha ha ha. And it's like, okay, there are other people who aren't embarrassed by it. So just right. be careful with your tone and how you talk. Yeah, it's
0: like you don't have to, if you're I can't tell you, lady, how to feel about what you're doing um, but like you don't have to disparage everyone because you're not comfortable. Mm
1: -hmm. You haven't come into
0: your own yet.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's not the time for you to publish this piece. Maybe you should it a bit more.
0: Which, like, how how many posts can be so messy? Like, why did they even publish this? Like, what was the point, you know? Like, you Um, have out here. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say keep going because this is going to tie into the next article that pissed me off. And it's like, I even tweeted it before we started. Like, why have editors and journalists if you're just going to publish every hot slash shit take <laughs> that pops into someone's head?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, because it's like, there's, you know, there's there's so much going on with, you know, the romance and genre space right now. <laughs> like, I I feel like there's a bigger story about what they're all doing right now. Oh, yeah. So why... Yeah post like what, what was the point what was the what's the journalism thing like the timeliness and relevance or whatever it, the
1: newsworthiness like what news. what is why is this newsworthy
0: i stopped reading huffington post and blocked it everywhere like a while ago but i not i remember them kind of pulling shenanigans like this back in the day so they're
1: like buzzfeed for adults
0: yeah which buzzfeed <laughs> who goes there anymore
1: I know. Well, apparently BuzzFeed's news team is actually really good, but they're oh. they're bogged down by the name BuzzFeed. Like, they I won cannot. journalistic awards, <laughs> and they're completely separate from, like, the quiz and content team.
0: Uh, and a team that just steals everything from people. Yes.
1: Listen, don't get me started. Like, the fact that you can go to work and say, like, here's my news article, and it's just a list of, like, 50 tweets about Taylor Swift's new Evermore album, and I'm like, that's it? That's your work day? <laughs>
0: Uh hmm. okay. I can find
1: twenty five of the best tweets about the Grammys. I can do that.
0: Right. Especially um, since like uh Twitter pretty much already does that. Like you Jeremy can just search Yeah, like that explore page. And it's just like I saw myself on one of those ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: You made it big.
0: No, I didn't. Nobody liked it. <laughs>
1: I give you a shot, though, I guess. Way to go, Twitter. So, this is the thing that's only tangentially related and that I read it, and it sort of ties mm-hmm. into what we were saying. This man, I don't i don't know if Molly's seen this yet. I sent it to, uh-huh. I sent it to you. This man, it's important to know that he's a man, wrote uh-huh. a piece for Wall Street Journal, who, of course, published it, because, of course, they did, basically telling a uh, future first lady, Joe Biden, that she needs to stop going by doctor because he says, quote, it sounds and feels fraudulent not to say a touch comic. And it's like, wow, uh, we hate women with education. We hate women, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he,
1: he, he admits in the piece that he sort of, he only has a Bachelor's um, of Arts that he barely got, it sounds like. Because um, he was serving in the peacetime army in the late 1950s. No one cares, sir. He barely got his BA and he's never gotten any type of advanced degree. But he's gotten a number of honorary degrees and he doesn't run around using those. So clearly they are of the same (laughs) caliber. He goes on and I feel like this is where not to call out and you can drop this if you want. I feel like this is where it would really get you uh, considering like, you know, the hero that your mom is. He feels that she also doesn't deserve it because she was 55 when she got her doctorate degree. And she wasn't like a young, you know, 20 year old who was dealing with all the stress and fears of, you know, the college experience. So she I guess she really doubly didn't earn it.
0: And the Wall Street Journal published this.
1: Yes, proudly. It was tweeted and everything.
0: Is there a doctor in the White House? Not if you need an MD. By, uh, what's this dude's name? I gotta... Joseph
1: um. Epstein. Which...
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... I'm trying to process all the things that you just said to me. So, even though... (laughs) Even though... (laughs) She has her doc, Or, you know, her EDD.
1: Yeah. Um... That she earned, apparently she earned it too late. So that's straight Because she
0: earned it, you know, after having, I believe, a career in education. Yes. And then going. Which is,
1: ed- most, which is how most people who have that degree, I feel, get it. Yeah. No one's going right out of college to get an ED.
0: Right. Because it's kind of like, well,
1: yeah. What do you know, kid? <laughs> like, go out and work.
0: I mean, he calls her kiddo. He does right right off the bat any chance you went down with the doctor before your name i'm just and because he doesn't your degree is i believe an edd i mean should you be sure (laughs) earned at the university of delaware i'm assuming that's a good you know a fine school
1: (laughs) an accredited institution
0: (laughs) why why throw them in there too (laughs) under the bus um titled student retention at the community college level meeting students needs which i'm sure this i feel like this is an article like intended to piss me off specifically like in my professional life i've worked a lot with community colleges and working on like projects to help them you know um with with uh uh, students of color and students who face barriers and I feel like he's like a uh, community college student uh University of Delaware State School uh EDD and like you said my mom has her PhD in education and got it when she was an adult like when she was older so I just I mean it's like <sighs> I'm
1: sort of in awe at all of the like how like in such a short piece he was able to just shoot down everybody
0: I have only a B.A. in absentia from the University of Chicago in absentia because I took my final exam on a pool table at headquarters company Fort Hood, Texas, while serving in the peacetime army. So it's like he's not even saying like, oh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you weren't serving in Vietnam. Get out of here for the Korean War. I don't know what war would have been going on in the 50s.
0: I do have an honorary doctorate.
1: He So he spends the rest of this article conflating like honorary doctorates with like he goes on this whole list about people who have honorary doctorates and how they don't use them and people don't call them doctor and it's like but that's not the same that's,
0: that's a different thing he might have known that <laughs> <If you> <laughs> would, <laughs> so i don't
1: know this one just really got to me because like i love like so i work in higher ed and every once in a while this conversation pops up of like who like professors who allow their students to get called to call them like by their first name versus mm-hmm. professors who tell their students no, you need to call me doctor. What's so-and-so. Right. And there seems to be this push. Someone brought, someone noticed it and now I can't unsee it that like as more like women and you know, black or people of color mm-hmm. get these mm-hmm. doctorates in high advanced degrees, the more like, Oh, well, let's just go by our first name. It's Like, no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. White guy, you doctor, you know, John Doe may be comfortable with your students calling you John, but if you're like a black woman who mm-hmm. probably gets called missus
0: mm-hmm. despite the
1: fact that you're in front of the classroom, educating everyone or leading a lab or whatever. Right. No, call me doctor.
0: Right. Um, yeah. I think like this, this line, the prestige of honorary doctorates has declined even further. I mean, this is about honorary doctorates again. So I was going to say these rich men entered the list usually and hope that they would donate money to school blah 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 but it definitely seems like he is upset that um a woman has more schooling than him and you know this man is obviously like this is this is just dumb like this doesn't this doesn't deserve any like thorough analysis or anything like that but back to your point like why was it published it's disgusting that Wall Street Journal would publish this it's like did we not spend the last four years like wringing our hands and saying gutting hear both sides and refusing to be critical of anything that the past administration da- did but here goes Dr. Biden and it's like she ain't even got there yet. And they're like, oh, I don't like call this bitch doctor. Publish it in the Wall Street Journal.
1: <laughs> well, and like, then there was that, uh, op-ed that, that one Senator wrote that was basically like, rise up for war. And the New York times is like, well, he, he sent it to us. So like, there's just been this, <laughs> bit, it's just, I don't understand what is happening. This is not the journalism podcast, but that is my background. And I read a lot of it. and right. like, I don't understand what is happening. Like I, again, just make it a giant YouTube comment board. If you're not gonna use any of your like actual journalistic training to decide what is appropriate or what is fit for publish and pu- in in discourse, and the cynic side of me says, well, they ran it because they knew it would get them clicks, which would get them yeah.
0: it gets money. you clicks, but does that get you subscribers?
1: <laughs> well, at this age, clicks are worth more. They probably get right. more money from clicks. Because they get the ad revenue of every Rando who clicks on the page and looks at it.
0: Ugh. Well I see Adobe State Farm and I'm just saying, um, I don't know if I would want my super expensive bougie software to be associated with this this yeah. toilet paper.
1: So again, that was barely related. Uh, but it had me angry this. Read it. I did read it. Which is, I can't say that about a lot of things this year. So, I just, I'm just, why, I don't know. The state of journalism, what? I could write a master's thesis. I'm just
0: looking at this, it's like popcorning around. Political correctness. Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, kiddo. Small thrill. I, what, what? It's, it's
1: what? just, it's a mess. It makes no sense. So, and like, I, and I have have Now we see why he. he, he, mm, I'm not going to say anything rude, but (laughs) that university, the University of Chicago, was a very prestigious institution, and it feels like they really let him fall through the cracks.
0: Right? Mm. Uh, mm. If I were the University of Delaware, I'd be like, um, hmm. hmm." Because it's not like. I like how he's like, oh, from the University of Delaware. Like, that's not, you know, a giant.
1: You know? publicly funded probably land grant institution like come on we both went like, to public schools everywhere.
0: <laughs> right you know,
1: public yes, colleges like, for undergrad
0: dude fucking relax so, like yeah, just, just because you feel threatened doesn't mean that you need to tell me about it yes, isn't that uh, like the thing isn't that the thing in social media it's like just because you have a thought doesn't mean that I every, can hear.
1: exactly we don't all need to hear it Apparently, the the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, like, please give us your thoughts. We've got inches to fill and we need copy.
0: I mean, they could talk about us. They talk about those (laughs) girls who didn't know how to do a podcast and failed. They continue to talk about these poor, wretched, bald-ass black women and how they can't find weave. If I see one more fucking story about wigs on the New York Times... I'm just gonna take some bundles, I'm gonna wrap it up, I'm just gonna leave it out for them. Be like here, I mean obviously you guys are looking.
1: Started being non profit.
0: <laughs> I just it's like they they there's all this space and all this time for stupid shit, but not when it comes to like, you know, uh, um, women or women of color or black people or it, I just, I can't, obviously this has broken my brain because.
1: Yeah. (sighs) My favorite was right after the election. The
0: Mm -hmm. Washington
1: Post did this profile on this man in some rural Trump voting county. Only this Trump voter had a giant like 10 by 10 portrait of Trump on the front of his house. (laughs) Like the gist of the article was literally like, what is he going to do with it now that he's lost? And he was like, I guess I'll leave it up, and like that was the step <laughs> of the story. I, <laughs> he paid three hundred dollars for it. It was a blatant rip off of the Obama Hope portrait. Uh, he kept talking about how great Trump looked in the photo. I disagree, and like that was the whole story. Like, what are you gonna do with this giant painting now that he's no longer president? He's like probably keep it up. Great,
0: thanks. I, uh, <sighs> you know, I saw a uh, um, grapefruit that had fallen from a tree. <laughs> It was laying on the ground the other day. Why don't they do a story about that?
1: <laughs> it's just at this point, like you keep kidding, but why not write us something about us? Like,
0: I'm just
1: <laughs> <laughs> everyone else has gotten their their deep, poignant expose.
0: Right? Why not us? Like, we're um, like, oh, Holly and Danny met at the University of Mississippi in the sacred halls of Stafford. <laughs> And from there I built uh I wouldn't call it an empire, but
1: <laughs> at least at least a municipality.
0: <laughs> a loose association. <laughs> oh my god. Everything is just dumb.
1: Oh okay. Now this is the biggest scandal. We're gonna talk about Booktube. Do you wanna talk about that? Because
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's, I think it's funny. What happened? Remember the signature I sent you? <laughs> oh yeah. I just think it's really funny. <laughs> so if Molly checks her messages, she will see Wait,
0: did you send you just sent it?
1: No, I sent it to you before. I can read oh, okay. it.
0: Oh okay. The one that you said about the signature. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, basically okay. a big name booktuber. Mm-hmm. I mean I feel like her name is out, so we can say it's Sasha Allsberg. A big name YouTube booktuber was accused of many things in order, and I'm going to list them in order of like most hilarious to least hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, first, she was accused of forging a signature, forging the signature of Sarah J. Maas specifically, um, in a in a book that she sold secondhand on Depop. So there's a photo of the signature on Twitter. It's <laughs> it looks like me trying to like get out of gym class, <laughs> like. Oh, or, you know, that gag on The Simpsons where everyone thinks that the kids have four <laughs> okay. the shirt and then he writes it out. And it really does look like a small child wrote it. It's uh-huh. just not great. You can see the pen underneath, the pen or the pencil underneath that someone yeah. tried to trace over.
0: Yeah. I mean, she didn't even erase it. Like,
1: um, she was also accused of selling ARC's advanced mm-hmm. reader copies. Mm-hmm. And then last, she was accused of traveling and, like, just living her best life <laughs> internationally. So she went from, like, Boston to, like, England in the middle of a um, pandemic. And she may have made a little s- stop in Scotland, too. She was just really living it up in Europe over there. Yeah. So I don't The pandemic stuff, I don't even want to get it. That's, we all know that's wrong. There's nothing to debate. Stay your asses mm-hmm. home. Right. Uh, <laughs> but the signature... And the selling the arcs, the selling the arcs is bold, too, because she went on internet and explicitly said she wasn't, while at the same Uh, time, like she said, there is these false, these allegations are false, yada yada, while at the same time, there are screenshots where she was, what she was doing was she was including the arcs with purchases people made, and then saying she was giving them away free. But if it was a really, like, for example, there's a really expensive arc, the what's the one the orange tree of the pyre? oh yeah,
0: so yeah she yeah. had an
1: arc of that and she's like this arc is extremely rare and is reflected in the price oh. just, she wrote on the listing <laughs> so it's like what is it are you giving the arc away or are you charging for it
0: well it's like when uh what was it like all those laws were like oh no bars or anything or you can only sell alcohol with food so they would have like a a uh, moldy old sandwich. You come in and pay for that. Like, they have one sandwich in the whole bar. <laughs> you could get, like, 12 beers with this one sandwich that everyone bought all day.
1: Yeah, it's just...
0: Walk me through selling arcs, though, because I don't know, like, the, the... What do you call it? The culture or anything around that.
1: Oh, my. The discourse on Twitter around selling arcs is, like, <laughs> exhausting. So, authors really... Authors really hate it. You're not supposed to sell arcs. They are given to reviewers for free. You are supposed to read them. It's okay to give them away, pass them along if, you, if it's not a book you're interested in, all mm-hmm. that. But arcs are not made for you to profit on. They're given to people for free with the understanding that you'll either review it, or if you're not into it, you can give. You're okay to give them away or mm-hmm. do giveaways, them, which is what a lot of like the big like bloggers and booktubers mm-hmm. do. If they have arcs they don't like they will turn around and do like a giveaway, get this art. Mm-hmm. But when you ask for money for, it's not as uh, Courtney Milan pointed out, it's not illegal, but mm-hmm. it is very looked down upon in the bookish community. Mm-hmm. So the some of the other hubbub has been though, however, is that Sasha Osberg is an author herself and she's also a really big booktube creator and she's mm-hmm. blatantly out here selling arcs with very little... Very few authors came out and spoke against it and said, you know, this sucks. However, when these smaller bloggers, when they suspected smaller bloggers were selling ARCs
0: Mm -hmm. and, you know,
1: not even selling them, but basically accusing, like, the only only reason you're doing reviews is so you can get free books. Or the only reason you're doing, like, this stuff is so that you can get free books from the publisher and blah, blah, blah. Um, They, you know, authors were sort of, like, going in on them. And people are like, it's not... It's not, it just, it looks really terrible that now here's someone, one of your own out here selling them. And now you're all quiet about the
0: situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the thing with the ARCs. Is like, and sometimes I do feel guilty. Like when we get an ARC for a book that we don't review, I feel like, I hope they don't think we're just doing it to get free books. Because, I mean, there's easier ways to get a, a low cost book.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of take issue with that because it was like whatever you do in your free time is what you do in your free time and if there's someone who you know is selling the, it I'm not an author so I can't say one way or the other but you know if I give you something then that's yours to do with what you want and if I don't like what you're doing with it then I'm not going to give you anything else right and it's like this idea that you know reviewers should be so altruistic and should not you know like i don't know like oh you're only doing this to get free books and it's like well i only work to get a paycheck like I only, <laughs> you know i i mean we don't get a lot of arcs or anything or at well, least i don't uh what yeah, we, got, like, we don't we don't and i
1: think that's what reviewers are saying like i'm not doing all this work to get like one free book a year. <laughs>
0: Right. It's like, I'll spend the 15 bucks and, like, yeah. you know, get like 30 hours back of all this editing and all this stuff. So it's kind of like, okay, that's kind of bullshit, but, you know, you do you. um But then on the flip side, it's like, well, you got to keep that same energy for everybody. It's like, you yeah. either care about it or don't care about it. I'm firmly yeah. in the, I don't know if I can. So it's like, if you want to come after these, like, you know, probably kids, probably doing this shit for free, probably got like just a couple hundred followers or whatever, um, then keep that same energy for this girl because it's like, you know, it, it it I think it just it highlights that relationship between, you know, reviewers and um uh creators, I think of all types now that's getting more, you know, democratized. Like before it was like, okay, you wrote a book and it would get in you know um publishers weekly it would be on one of their lists or it would be on a bestseller list or it would be picked up by your library like you know it it was like these established channels with these established rules but now it's like anybody can pick up your book and talk about it or say they like it or say they didn't like it and that gets you some publicity sure but then it's also just it's a thing you put out in the world like anything you put out in the world does not totally belong to you anymore so you kind of have to let go of some of that that control um and it's like you know if you keep chasing down everything if you keep saying like well you can't sell my arc or you can't give me a bad review or you can't do this or you can't do that that's just going to drive you like you know wild like it's so much energy that you could use on something else and on the flip side if you're a reviewer or something like using that to kind of bash someone over the head and saying like well i hate this i'm gonna review bomb it i'm gonna give all this person one stars forever it's like this weird relationship where i feel like reviewer well uh consumers and creators feel like they're much closer nowadays than they actually are it's like i don't know these people I don't really care what they think or what they do. It's like, you wrote a book I like, that's cool. Um, what you do in your free time is up to you. So um, I don't know if you have like specific thoughts about the the ARC selling, um, but I, I do want to get into the this.
1: <laughs> well, I just think I could see the ARC thing as a business thing. Like they don't make as many physical ARCs as they used to because they're expensive. So you've mm-hmm. got this limited resource and you think... You're giving it to someone. Well, these are old. So at that point, I mean, like at some point, once the book is already published, yeah. I, guess, I do think it's not fair to like you're selling something you got for free. I don't know. But I do see like if you're a new if it's a new release coming out and you're an author and you've got maybe like what maybe 500 even seems like a lot. Maybe you got like 150 physical arcs to send to reviewers. Um, and like you would be kind of like annoyed that it's going to someone who who doesn't even read it and then they just turn around and, like, sell it. It's, yeah. it's a resource thing. I can see that, and I can yeah. see how I'd be pissed. And I also think, I think basically what you said, like, in that whole, um, rant. the whole, tr- well, not read, rant, <laughs> but the whole, like, ideas you were saying, I think that itself is worth, like, its own episode because I think the whole arc selling, I think what really has people pissed off is not so much that she was selling arcs, it's that she was selling arcs and doing what, like, smaller bloggers were doing and when the smaller, smaller bloggers were doing it, authors were coming out here and, like, being kind of... Uh, really, they were saying some really, like, strong, strongly worded emails, strongly mm-hmm. worded tweets about when these little teenage bloggers were doing it. And not even selling it. Maybe they were just asking for um, an arc that wasn't personalized so that they could turn around and give it away. Not even sell it. But they were getting called all sorts of, like, you know, what kind of manipulative shit is this? All the yada. But that energy is missing when it comes to someone else this bigger Mm -hmm. person doing it and Mm -hmm. I think that itself is worth a conversation about this this narrowing of like the gap between especially like we're not talking about like a reviewer at the New York Times Mm -hmm. or someone who works for a big publication but like these independent bloggers and podcasters and booktubers and the authors that they cover where the lines get really blurry Mm -hmm. and and how to navigate that relationship, because I think it's interesting, like, it comes up every time, like, someone responds to a, some author responds to a Goodread review Mm -hmm. they didn't like, and then continues to argue against it. It comes up, it came up with this ARC thing. It's just, I think it's really fascinating, because thanks to social media, like, we're followed by some of the authors, like, we may, we may read, and it's Mm -hmm. just, it's just really interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's probably, like, just social media, like, across the board, like, you know uh your girl uh cardi b like this is (laughs) what she's learning right like constantly getting on twitter and saying like shit that you know probably not everybody needs to hear it's like all these people are not your friends and then you turn around and it's like people in like famous people's mentions or whatever being like uh sharing all this personal information or being like personally hurt by xyz decision and it's like but you don't you don't know them <laughs> like just because you you have this internet relationship or you talk or you see their teeth you see their life doesn't mean that you know this person it doesn't mean that you can dictate like how they feel about something so okay. if, if you're selling arcs out here because you are 16 year old <laughs> And this is how you buy your books or whatever, and then you have some author coming and saying like, "You're being manipulative." Like that energy is as weird to me. As somebody who's like, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna write out every time uh, there's a swear word in this book." <laughs> it's, like it's weird. It's it, weird to me.
1: It's really weird. And it's. I thought you were also gonna mention Shuri or Letitia Wright.
0: Oh my, what the. <laughs>
1: escorted
0: herself right off twitter it was like i i what okay conspiracy theory time i think that um there must be like some branch of this anti-vaxxer or something who like specifically is going for celebrities to be like influences for their message because i see it often and they are like totally sold on it and it's like her that girl on that singing show it's like all these women you know uh some men too and they're saying like kind of the same things over and over again and it's like this really easily disproven by science like in history and it's like where are you This can't just be in the ether, can it? Like, is there, like, some kind of coordination behind this to get these people to say this, to influence people? Because I don't, like, what? 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 (laughs) That whole nothing she was saying made made any sense. Her and that girl who's on that uh, Mandalorian, um, that uh, American gladiator girl. Like, she was saying a bunch of, like, anti-masker stuff, and it's like, you can't, you know, if I was on a Disney property, and my bills were being paid, and I was just <laughs> living my life in my big house, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear from me. I wouldn't have a Twitter, like, I wouldn't be saying, like, all the, even if I thought it, even if I believed it, like, I cannot imagine going on and just, like, saying all this stuff when I got a steady-ass check from Disney coming, and all I gotta do is, like, chill. All I gotta do is not be wild on the internet to keep that check.
1: It's just... It's, yeah, her whole Twitter is gone. And then, did you see the... So Disney had their big, like, announcement trial uh-huh. yesterday, and everybody noticed how when they mentioned Black Panther 2,
0: they did not, uh, they mention, did not mention Shuri. <laughs> Mm-mm, because that seemed like the the you know, things that they were gonna do. They, like, they
1: announced it. They were
0: announced. oh right Yeah, they didn't say they didn't say shit about her. The and best was the same... Same...
1: I was just oh, gonna go the, best I, the best meme I saw was somebody was like Ryan Coogler now having to do his second rewrite of practice, <laughs>
0: Right. <laughs> hey, like, what's her name? Um who plays on Walking Dead. She probably just sitting back. She just sent back like Mhm. You ain't gonna hear Pete from me. <laughs>
1: Let me enjoy my check in silence.
0: All right, uh, Lupita. They probably they probably got on the on, the, like, on their cool chat. chat with just two people, and just be like, "Girl, don't just make your Twitter private."
1: Winston Duke. Winston Duke is somewhere like
0: he's like, mm, I'm, mm-hmm. this close. "I'm this close.
1: I am this close.
0: At this <laughs> close."
1: They're just gonna have to bring Michael B. Jordan back from the dead and be like, "Okay, you know, you, he." There's plenty That's of like, ways they could bring Killmonger back.
0: Right, yeah. It's like I know you died, but <laughs> I don't know anything about Michael B. Jordan. I know that he was on uh, Friday Night Lights, and Creed, and Creed, and The Wire, and,
1: and... I know that he is not related to Michael Jordan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: the pandemic has taught me we we are all past celebrities. Celebrities they're they're out of touch they don't know what's going on they can't relate to like an average person I don't look to them for any sort of guidance mm-hmm. happiness they're just
0: too they're busy just up in their
1: own ass to right. understand what's actually happening and I can't be with it.
0: we're gonna see how things change or don't change um when th- as things open back up but um I just feel like a lot of people are kind of tired of the bullshit right now.
1: I'm just, I'm just over rich people. I'm over like Ellen's whole mess. Every time a celebrity, I'm like you're so out of touch. The Imagine when they were all singing Imagine, I'm like uh, the Black Square. Cool. It's just, it's all performative. It's all bullshit, and I'm over it. Like I don't, you can't relate to average people. Shut up.
0: Right. It's like. like- if, uh, no, go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say, especially I had, like, Bezos and Bill Gates, at least they'd ever try to be relatable. I know what you're going through. No, you fucking did don't. You,
0: did you ever see that, that video of Jeff Bezos and he goes in to talk to the kids? It's like a black high school or something. <laughs> and the teacher's like... This is, like, one of my favorite videos of 2020. And the teacher's like, oh, it's Jeff Bezos. And you can see a kid kind of in the foreground. He, like, turns around and he's, like, who, and you can you can very clearly see him, like, mouthing. He's, like, who is that? <laughs> and then another kid must say, like, Jeff Bezos or the Amazon guy or something. And he, like, he, like, makes this gesture with his hands. He's, like, ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so rude. And I'm, like, this is why you cannot win against these Gen Z kids. Because they don't give a fuck about nothing. They even, nothing.
1: It's just realistic it's
0: just I'm gonna send it to you at high school
1: <laughs> so so we got really off you really wanted to laugh at that signature thing and we kind of got distracted
0: oh by, like, yeah celebrity. Well, can, we could edit some of this down because I just I mean I feel like 2020 was messy and so am I I,
1: I say keep all of it because it relates because one of the reasons people say this girl is getting away with what she did is because she uh, has a big following.
0: <laughs> yeah. So she's, she's a
1: bookish celebrity.
0: She's a booktuber. Mm-hmm, um,
1: a very big one who's also an author.
0: I still, I know we did that whole thing on booktube, but it's like, I, I'm still interested. Maybe we should like make that a goal for like 2020 to have like a booktuber, a couple booktubers on. Um, oh
1: yeah, that'd be fun.
0: Because like I probably like po- I wonder if like what is more useful or, like what gets more views or what gets more traction like or what is more niche <laughs> and like uh, people are more apprehensive to get into Uh YouTube talking about books or a podcast talking about books. <laughs> Cause I can see someone saying like a podcast and all they talk about. Is... <laughs> I can see someone being like, but why though?
1: I feel like, I mean, I feel like the podcasting, like, landscape, book, like, book podcast is a whole different animal from, like, booktube. Like, booktube is very, seems like, YA-focused. Mm. Um, at least that's what I, It's not... Of course, uh, obvious disclaimer, because I feel like I have to say it because people get very sensitive. It's not all YA, but when you see like who the big leaders of it are, they're reading mostly YA, Mm -hmm. um, young, white. There are a few people of color. And I feel like with podcasting, it's very genre, Mm -hmm. like romance is the one I'm thinking of. But there's a lot that are also like sci fi. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it seems and there's some YA, but YA doesn't have nearly as much of a like dominance.
0: And that could just be the the who They're is friends. on those platforms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, so. yeah, the kids love YouTube.
1: <laughs> I like BookTube, too. My favorite thing is to watch, like, a uh, a reading blog. blog, Like, someone just, like, and, like, it's, again, I tell myself, if you had told me, like, 20, 15, 20 years ago, like, what some of my favorite entertainment would be. I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Which is someone, like, doing their weekend and, like, reading a book and talking about it. And they'll do, that'll be, like, a 30-minute video. And I'm like, that was great. And I don't even read the book they're reading. Like, I have no interest in reading the book they're reading. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's like, it's soothing. It's calming. That's what I need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Reading Rainbow 2.0. Exactly. Another there show that won't have us on. I've been trying to play nice. But, you know, what? every single time we're on one of those lists, it's, like, bookish podcast. Um, we're on with um, LeVar. Huh? We're on with Lavar. <laughs> that one. I forgot the name for a second. And Black Chicklet, And I'm just saying LeVar, have us on. You're not gonna have us on.
1: Uh, I don't know why not Like we're I don't know. We, we need black, we're, you black. <laughs> There's gotta be a podcast about other podcasts we can get on. <gasps>
0: um we did really good this year though having a lot of people on and i want to really? talk about some of those like moving us into kind of the wrap-up session like yeah. of the year you know yeah this um, is a good
1: social year for us we had authors we had guests Mm-hmm.
0: great mm-hmm. and everyone was like fun like in its own way <laughs> like uh um Take a hint, Danny Brown. Like we were so nervous because they're like, Oh, we're gonna be talking to someone from from England.
1: I was still very intimidated by the accent. It just felt very <laughs> She felt classier than her.
0: She felt so classy. And we're out here like country bumpkins. girls was like, Hi hey, y'all. I like your book. <laughs> but she was so sweet. And I think that that was the first one we had done in a while. Because we had done some. That was the first one we did in 2020. Did we have anyone earlier in 2020? Any good? The
1: boyfriend project wasn't before that. Let me. I'm going type. I you. think the boyfriend
0: project came right after that.
1: It's not like we have a website you <laughs> Yeah. Probably right. I just <laughs> I never remember. Oh, we had other podcasters on. You're right. The boyfriend project came after that.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. And we had like there's like 30 minutes of. Our conversation that I cut out <laughs> on the boyfriend project, because it was, like, so random. But she was super sweet, and we were talking about, like, literally everything. Like, there's this whole talk about Disneyland. And, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> we discovered the term Niggerati in 2020 this year.
0: We did, which was a big moment for us, personally.
1: We had the Colored Pages on, Yeah, we had other podcasts on.
0: I don't know yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, I definitely, we've reached out to a couple of people and there's been like, um, you know, all those people who are on the list all the time, we got to reach out and have some more people on. Um, build our network. We finally got Alyssa Cole on. We did. Every, what, we're coming up on year five um, of. Um,
1: we're in it, yeah. We did celebrate
0: our birthday this year. We didn't. I mean, it was a hard, it was, there was a lot going on this year. Hard living, yeah. What else did we have this year? Um,
1: oh, at pages. We did, yeah, we had three author interviews in a row. We in did, a row. did Black Lives Matter movement.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. We did
1: head in My Home.
0: That was a good one.
1: You guest hosted on the uh, Ice Planet podcast. will <laughs> be wrapping up this year.
0: That was fun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um Yeah, it was like it was it was a hard year and a lot of like respects and especially like hard to keep a more regular schedule with everything going on. But I do think yeah. that every episode that we had was just like knocking it out of the park. Like each one was special and weird and fun in like its own way.
1: Yes. So I would love I'd love to do more. And so that's what we've got, I guess that's what we've got to work on as we wrap up 2021 is like, or 2020, holy shit, let me not push us ahead any further than we need to be. It just get that up. Cause that would be, I really love having other podcasts on. Yeah. Um, I, just,
0: I, think I love the author ones, but I love the podcast ones because they're just so, so, so the energy is just like all over the place. And that's a lot of fun. So,
1: um did did you want to get into your reading like I had a small breakdown during the summer so it shut my brain down I didn't do much of any reading y'all
0: <laughs> I mean, and I think that's okay because it's like I I always see like you know especially with the pandemic and um being inside because I feel like we're probably more inside than other people are like you know what I, like we have to like being caretakers, like mm-hmm. you have to be a little bit more cautious, and your time is not like totally your own.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that, you know, I'm thankful that like I'm with my family and we're healthy and all of that. But some of the coping mechanisms that I've seen, like bake sourdough and watch movies and do this and do that, it's like isn't really applicable. Um, I ain't
1: for that. <laughs>
0: yes exactly and it's like i'm not dealing with like the loneliness aspect and i think that that's really real like not being around family not doing this and that and that would be yeah. hard in its own way but like it's not like the things that you know i would do for self-care are not really achievable especially for that period of time like the what was it seven months where it was just like me and my husband watching the baby and working full-time uh. from fucking home and it was like uh i don't have time to go take a shit like i was supposed to read yeah. so it's like whatever you know i i'm proud of us for like continuing with the podcast i'm proud that i got any reading or anything done i'm proud that like you know so we're died. just still here yeah. in that place. i don't i don't feel too bad about it and whatever your reading was or whatever you want to say about that like i think that's good i think it's gravy
1: yeah, I read, like, 20 books this year, and a lot of them were rereads, so I guess I did a lot of comfort <laughs> reads. So oh,
0: uh, that's a lot more than I think I read. A well, of-
1: a good chunk of them were also kids' books, so they... <laughs> <laughs> so, because I was looking for books to give, like, my niece to talk about the situation, and I was like these books are fucking depressing. And listen, I'm not saying you need to have a happy cancer book, but mm-hmm. um, maybe I was like, maybe her mom, I, I was like, you know what? Her mom can handle that. I'm not looking forward it anymore.
0: I yeah. Yeah. So
1: I don't know. It, it was just when I did have time, I didn't want to, like I was too, I don't know. I feel like to read as a comfort thing, you have to be like, oh, I don't know. I would be too busy. So that's why I did a lot of like, I played more video games this year than I think I ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. I did Stardew Valley, Mm-hmm. I got Stellaris, I got mm-hmm. I wiped out a whole planet, I <laughs> <laughs> destroyed an entire civilization, and I was like, "This is the best game ever." I did Stardew nice. Valley, I did Stellaris, I did Sims Four. I probably did more video gaming this year than anything else. So
0: it was really. I boring. would love for you to play um, either Dragon Age or Mass Effect.
1: I don't. I've heard these names, and I don't know what they are.
0: I would love for you to play one of those and we do like a bonus episode or something because they are so messy and you play like a space hoe (laughs) and it's just I would love to hear you know your perspective as a romance author or not author a romance reader um playing one of these games.
1: Can I tell you that now? After all the hours of playing Stardew Valley and remembering and re-listening to your argument about a chance at love game, I'm like, I want that mod. I can see, see the whole video game. You come as a mail order bride,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: <laughs> there's a whole bunch of bachelors you could pick from. You've mm-hmm. got to adjust to farm life, and maybe the emphasis could be more on like crafting, like mm-hmm. making the clothes. It take. I could see it. I could see the whole thing. And now I
0: want it. I'm right? That would be so cute and so fun. And if all the I, characters are black and you have very cute artwork, like, it wouldn't, I don't know if it would sell because I don't know <laughs> how well farm Sims are doing right now. But at the same time, I would play it.
1: I would play it. I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pretend that's what's happening right now. I am kind of, it's very anti black how there are no black bachelors on Stardew Valley. There, I said it. Because yeah that's he's the true. only brother in the whole town and he's already married and you can't even break up the marriage <laughs> so maxis would let you break up that marriage max is like sure steal her husband
0: hey everybody it's me molly here for some mid episode announcements first of all we want to say as always thank you for listening and for sticking through 2020 with us um you know, working on this was really a bright spot for us in a year that was, you know, a little bit difficult. So we just really enjoy, you know, you guys coming back month, month after month, talking books, talking foolishness. Um, it really helped us just get through this year. Um, secondly, I want to tell you about a book, Orange Blossoms Love Blooms by Dahlia Dupree from her california hearts collection in this book which has a very cute cover by the way and i am just looking at it and you can't see the dude's face but um he's got like a nice jawline so there's that strong-willed elaine hart is determined to save heartland ranch her family's california orange groves after the recent ending of a turbulent relationship she vows to keep her professional and personal life separate good luck even though she's attracted to the man who holds her family's fate in the palm of his hands. Serious-minded banker David Cole has two goals. One, collect on the delinquent ranch account. Uh Uh-oh. And two, resist his attraction to the unpredictable and beautiful Elaine Cole. I don't know. I don't know, David, that sounds like trouble to me. When a series of circumstances brings them together, they must decide if they will continue to suppress their emotions or succumb to passion and take a chance at forever love. Personally, my vote is to come to passion and take a chance at forever love. But right at the end, just shake hands and say, like, we're going to continue to be professional. And that's okay, too. Once again, thank you guys so much. I'll be back at the end of the episode. Just do a regular wrap up and announce our uh, read for Urban Lit January. But I hope that you enjoy the rest of the episode. Okay, so back to books and back to the... you know, larger episode. Um, Let's talk about our reading in 2020. Yes, so
1: I can tell you I did not read much. I read about 24 books, if you don't count. I almost had 30, but five of those were like kids' cancer books. 24 books. Um, half of those were Ice-Clanded Barbarians. <laughs> so I don't think, I think I read maybe all of 10 new books this year. It was not one of my most productive years, but I made it through. I read what I needed to read for the podcast. What really feels less, less even than not reading was I feel really cut off from like reading in book as a community. Like, I don't know what's coming out at all next year.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know what's coming
1: out. I don't even know. And some of this might be the pandemic because I know it messed with publishing and, and promotion. I don't really know what big books came out this year. So mm-hmm. I just feel kind of, I read, I survived. I'm going to try and do better. I've been working on my like New Year's resolutions for 2021. And let me tell you, the bar is so low. Because I went into 2020 with all these like, aspirational goals. And the year was like, yeah, that ain't happening. So I'm going into 2020. It's like, read 20 books. <laughs> uh, lose 10 pounds. <laughs> so I'm keeping it. My reading this year was pretty chill. I didn't get to read everything I wanted to. Well, let me ask you.
0: Oh, the big one pounder.
1: <laughs> I even have the audio book, and I was like, I can't. I'm sorry.
0: Let me ask you, what is your like? What's the most interesting or favorite or book that you read that you didn't get to talk about on the podcast? Ooh,
1: okay. Now I gotta go because I also forgot what I read. <laughs> sorry. Let me go look at what I read because. Because a lot of them, I did get to talk. If it wasn't on this podcast, it mm-hmm. was on the other podcast. Uh, do you have one? While I look for mine, what was? Well, wait a minute. Sorry, because then I realize that's awkward to edit. So let me just find
0: one. No, it's fine.
1: Um, we read in a kind of. Let me see. Oh, that book was disappointing. I read. I'll see. Another thing was a lot of the books I read. That's talking about the ones for the podcast. But a lot of the books I read were kind of disappointing. Like mm-hmm. Rabbit.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: Rabbit was very disappointing. It was supposed to be about rabies. They barely talked about rabies. Like, you can't yeah, have a what book they called... About? They talked about, like, the development of, like, the... So, they had to talk about the development of, like, the rabies vaccine, right? But to do that, apparently, we had to get, like, a 50-page history of the, uh, of pasteurization. Because the guy who invented rabies and who invented pasteurization also invented the rabies vaccine.
0: Okay.
1: It was, it was all... Of... There wasn't enough rabies, which is a weird... <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> review to leave on a book. But not enough rabies. Okay, mm-hmm. I have a book, actually, and I feel mm-hmm. like you. I'm going to feel like you when I talk about this one. I read Severance by Ling Ma. Mm-hmm. It was probably the most literary thick book I read this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was very fitting because in the book, a pandemic spreads throughout <laughs> the world. And our main character is sort of, it takes place on two timelines. One, right up to the pandemic starting, and mm-hmm. then two, the after effect that she's like trying to survive. And Mm. it was, it was very literary, like, (laughs) I need someone to explain to me what was going on, because I have my, I have my, like, hypothesis, but I don't know if it's accurate. Mm. Um, But it was, it was just interesting to see, because I've read genre, it's like, going back to what we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. it's just really interesting when literary fiction takes a concept that genre fiction does, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. and how differently it is. Because, like, they don't talk about, like, the actual pandemic, or, like, dig-
0: they talk about their feelings about it.
1: Well, yeah, and, like, how they develop, and, like, the effect, and it's, like, her relationships with her mom, and I'm, like, madam mm-hmm. you're, 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 like, one of, like, a thousand survivors left in the world, oh. we don't need to talk about your mommy issue. <laughs> I don't know. It's just really interesting to see. Because I also tried to read, um, this is how you lose the time war. I'm sure uh, you did.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Did you read that one? Uh.
0: Uh-uh.
1: It was. It was another like literary fiction trying to do genre, and it was so bad. I hated it. <laughs> and that book got such accolades, and mm-hmm. I feel it. The language was really pretty, and I think people were letting that cloud mm-hmm. them because the actual book. It didn't do the romance very well. It didn't do the side... It's a time war. It's a book that takes place during a time war, Molly. People (laughs) are going back and forth through time.
0: And having a war. And it's like, I would like to know more about that.
1: Yes, and they don't. They don't talk about it at all. We get in these long, pretentious ramblings about, like, about, you know, their existence and what it all means. I was like, I don't care. I want to see you get in a fight with Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) Like...
0: (laughs) Just, no, I get what you're saying.
1: So, I don't know, it's like, I, you've got to be so literary. It's like, why even bother have it take place? Why even have this setting if you're not going to lean into it? I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see that.
1: So, those are the two books I read. It wasn't a great, like, the books I read, I really enjoyed the romance. I really enjoyed um, uh, No One, When No One Is Watching. I really enjoyed um, The Worst Best Man, which was not on the podcast, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed that one. And I enjoyed The Boyfriend Project. I enjoyed. I even, you know what? Hold you down <laughs> was <coming. laughs> one of the highlights of my year because I still think about that book. I still think a about lot. it. You do too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I compare. I I still like. I could do a whole thesis on that main character versus Midnight mm. or or Winter. I mean, mm-hmm. and like like I still think about that book. So it's been a weird reading year for me. <laughs> I don't I don't have much to say. The books I read were either mediocre or I've already discussed them at length mm-hmm. on the podcast or they're rereads, so you've already heard me ramble. <laughs> it was just a disjointed year. Yeah, that's fine. I just came across a quote on my spreadsheet for Hold You Down. The only men she ever loved were dead ones, Benjamin Franklin and Andrew Jackson.
0: <laughs> hey, at least she's direct.
1: Gosh, the B. Tilly, that the one that took place in the nightclub in the in the strip mall, Ooh. like that that book, the boat, that was the one with the boat, right?
0: Yeah, we're just, book, just the about at the end. That
1: book ends on a boat.
0: It was a good book. I thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> it. It
1: was wild. It made me. I will say, doing these urban lit months have. If not gained an appreciation, they have sharpened my ability to properly critique them. Like I know what I'm looking for now.
0: hmm hmm. So I think there's there's someone who reached out to us, but I think I think I want to go in a different direction for January. Okay. That's because fine. Think, I'm
1: up for whatever.
0: I think I just like being messy in January. <laughs> and I think I found one okay. that we should read. I'm excited. But I don't want to say it yet in case it's it's different, but we'll we'll see it on Twitter. And then we might have something different for you in late January or February. Yeah. You
1: can't call yourself a baller if you're complaining about $1,200 rent. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. No. (laughs) Even Um, in St. Louis, that is not... Stop. I I know we're, we're Midwest and bumpkin, but we're not that.
0: Yeah, it's like I mean that'll get you a nice apartment, but that's not you're not gonna be like Except you know no, in a mansion.
1: There's no doorman. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. uh, mm-hmm.
1: How much? How was your reading, Molly?
0: Um, so I would say I did not keep track of like the kids books that I read because there were a lot of them. Um, but uh, I I I found out I will say that the rainbow fish which you know i have a love, or i would say a hate hate relationship with (laughs) but um i like to really like lean in and do a lot of voices when i'm reading books to my kid and um he really 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 likes the octopus voice that i do for that one and so he'll like pick up the book and turn right to that page
1: Oh,
0: um but i found out That the board book, because we had the board book version, is not the whole story of the Rainbow Fish. And it might have been edited in such a way to make the message even worse. Oh,
1: they they abbreviated it? It's abridged? There's an abridged version?
0: (laughs) I guess they abridge a lot of children's books to adapt them into board books, which I had no idea was a thing. So I was reading it the Amazon reviews are bit to be believed say, like, this is a terrible version because it makes the, the message of the book garbage. <laughs> it's like there's so many one-star reviews. For, right?
1: What's
0: so the I, new message? I, well, the new message is you should rip apart your body, like, the most beautiful things of your body and give them away to people who ask so they'll like you.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh. You can't get worse than
0: that, right? Because he like rips up his uh, shining scales and gives it to like this fucking annoying little blue fish that hounds him throughout the whole damn book. Like, you know when you shine and it's just it's it's such a bad message. But I, if these reviews are to be believed, then you know there's a better message in the full on a bridge book. So I'm trying to figure out how. You know, without a library, because I saw on Twitter someone said that she gets very annoyed when um, American book people mention the library because she does not have a library. And what is she supposed to do? I was like, girl, I don't, I don't know, but I'll try to be more cognizant of that in the future. (laughs) It's like I don't run the library system in your country, so I can't give you practical advice because I don't know you. I'm not living that life. But what I can do is be more, you know, cognizant of the way that I talk about how I acquire books um so what is a way you know library shut down I don't want to pay any more money (laughs) and I don't want to steal it so what's a way that I could see the whole story of the rainbow fish
1: oh I think I know a way
0: oh okay
1: YouTube for some reason people will just go up and read entire children's books on YouTube and they will not get taken down. Like, remember when I said I had that, like I was going through all those cancer books? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's how I read most of them.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm going to have to look into that.
1: I read some elephant and piggy books. (laughs) People will just read the whole book and YouTube will not take them down.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I wanna have to look into that. Because I mean I mean i want a quest to know the real story. But that's I, I said what are books that you haven't talked about on the podcast? And I've been talking about the Rainbow Fish too much on this podcast. <laughs> so I don't think I talked about um Hidden Bodies, which oh, was yeah. the um follow up to You, which was a oh, Netflix gosh. series. I
1: haven't read that one yet either. Or watched <sighs> that one yet either.
0: You the show's good. The show is very good because it's about like a guy who works at a bookstore <laughs> who becomes a stalker. So it's very like you know crimey, but it's also like extremely pre- pretentious and bookish. even the show um, and then the book is is good. I really enjoyed it. So they came out with a second season and I was like, okay, I'm gonna I listen to the audiobook like when my son was like first born, so I'd be like up five times a night just like listening to this book and um we have like those lights that you can control with like your voice or whatever um and you can tell them to turn to red and like the baby book said that a, an infant can't see the color red so if you get up in the middle of the night to feed him use red lights because he can't see so I'm listening to this book about this dude who's killing all these people at 2 a.m with all the lights are red that so is that
1: I was, did not know that. Is that true? Like babies can't see like I know babies have some shitty eyesight when they're first born.
0: I have absolutely no idea if that's true or not. <laughs> I love or. the
1: idea that babies can't see red. <laughs> I don't know what I,
0: I think like red light. But like so, they would
1: still see the that's babies are interesting.
0: I don't know. He'd just be like staring at me, I'd be staring at him and I'd have the audiobook on. So we both listen to that book. <laughs> And was I like I think, the
1: idea of him being like this nigga lying. I can see right.
0: <laughs> okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you would, you would like if anything, you would like the series because it's it's just very snobby and very very bookish. Um, I think I talked about the Tudor phase that I went on, Alice in yes. Weir, Six Wives of Henry eight. Life of Elizabeth I, the children of Henry Eight,
1: yes,' cause you had a deep dive.
0: I had a deep dive. I would say if you like messy historicals like the Six of Henry the Eighth is like it's very good, and she is not above getting into like the messy, gossipy um, side of things, and it's like I also like this other podcast It's um Royal Blood. I kind of like it. I kind of don't like it. It's all about like, um, it's a history podcast. It's all about like royals. They are very, very skewed toward uh, white royals. They kind of had uh-huh. the period in the summer where they were like, let's talk about some black people. Um, but I remember like it was a lot of stories I didn't know. Um, because they made history so boring in high school, I feel like I tuned it all out. And now I'm going back and I'm like, they didn't want to kill, kill Why didn't they tell me about this in high school? I would have paid more attention um but uh she also did a series on the success of henry eight and it was based a lot on this book and i realized like they romanticize a lot of this story and they kind of give agency like they kind of modernize like some of the the way that they talk about his wives and all this stuff and it's just like i don't know yeah and it just was like oh the story you know this Allison Weir is the one who wrote it and she like goes really deep and she doesn't romanticize it she talks about the facts and it kind of like said oh the story that I've been told is not like you know it's bringing kind of a modern lens to it and um it was just interesting to like go into like this deep deep historical dive that was like let me tell you how it happened and still done in a way that was engaging and still done in a way that was like uh well research and all this stuff so if you're gonna read if you want like a big book because it's it's extremely long (laughs) (laughs) and you just want to uh well I guess not extremely long 22 hours um so not super long um it's just it's very good and it's super messy and it's just a lot of fun um and then uh I talked a little bit about and now she's gone that Rachel Housel Hall book um is another mystery and it's yes yeah um you know i'm getting more of a feel for her characters like kind of messy (laughs) kind of like not great (laughs) at this whole like um uh mystery novel character thing but just a lot of fun and a lot of humor and still like uh good mysteries and all that stuff um she we talked about her uh um all falls down last year yeah which was good that
1: was a wild book
0: (laughs) it was wild i remember we were like what huh and the main character and this main character is also very messy but she's not like evil like that character was (laughs) so it's fun um and then finally um at just another giant fantasy book um that i won't get too much into but um uh, Brandon Sanderson's Rhythm of War that I've been listening to a lot while I work from home and do a lot of, like, very rote stuff. And I'm like, I'll do that. I'll put this in the database so I can, like, secretly listen to another hour or two of this. <laughs> and then I turn around to my husband who literally is always right behind me <laughs> in this <laughs> lockdown life. And I said, like, can you believe Dalinar did XYZ? And he's like, who the fuck is Dalinar? <laughs> so... Those are the ones that I didn't really get to talk about too much, but, um, you know.
1: You I did some that. good reading.
0: Not really, because I think there's like three other books on this list, so not a lot.
1: Well, like, I read a bad book about rabies in Alien Sex Series. You got like Tudor history and, and some good fantasy, it sounds like, but I'm not comparing, but no, I was like, you yeah, did some good reading.
0: I cannot tell you how nerdy this book is. Like, it's, like, these people have giant swords and, like, fantasy armor. And it's, like, I think I said, like, the guy is Mormon who writes it.
1: Yes, you told me.
0: Yeah, and it, like, it influences the book. Like, the way he talks about religion, the way he talks about, like, the characters and everything. Like, they have a love triangle, and it ends with the character saying, like, it's not right that I should uh, cheat on my fiancé. And then the other guy's like, you're right. That's what a good you know you're a good person so I think that you should not do it and high five and then the love triangle's over <laughs> but it's you're also older, like yeah it's not prudish like there's an older character like the horniest character in the book is like this older um woman and she's like <laughs> there's a whole scene where she like uh <laughs> you know standing in her room and she takes her clothes off and she's like Dalinar let's do it and he's like not right now <laughs> But then in this one, she's like, she's talking about uh, she's leaning against him and drinking some coffee in front of a radiator or whatever. And um, uh, she's like, she's like, now let me get that yuck. And he's like, all right. And then she's like, I then she experienced a third type of heat. <laughs> like, get like, he it. So it's, it's, it's extremely like if I, you know, you say, oh, that's good. You know? It's, like, the most nerd, hardcore nerd thing that you could possibly get into. And I don't know why, because it doesn't seem like it would be on my radar. But, like, I am, I, this is book four. They're all, like, 50 hours long. And I'm just in it too much now. We're um, sharing a login. And it's everyone who lives (sighs) in the house, you know, so I don't feel particularly bad about it, but. So messy and so yeah. TV, I definitely I actually didn't watch that much TV. I was gonna say watch more. I watched all sister sister and girlfriends.
1: That's another we're gonna have to do one another, cause some of because someone was like girlfriends didn't age well. And like I kinda agree because those girl those women I guess i will call them women girls. They're just like they're kinda they're messy in a so messy. in a strange way. So
0: and just in a hateful way, it's like, do you guys even like each other?
1: Yeah, it's like, things from the aughts. Maybe they can, I don't know. I,
0: oh, yeah. Mom watched. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I
1: was gonna say, we also watched a little Moesha and Sister, Sister. Sister, Sister held up okay. Sister sister, sister, sister is
0: classic. Yeah, like, I was, like, very surprised, especially the early seasons. Like, I was, like, what? Oh, my God. Sister, Sister definitely held up. Um, I did not watch this when it came out, but I watched it when it came on Netflix. The game, fucking terrible. Ooh, that was a, does not, I can't, even like the first early seasons, I'm like, this is weird. This seems real hateful. Like, this is just, this is just a mean ass show. Like, this is bad. I had to stop watching it when one of the characters that I actually liked finds out that her, um, uh, boyfriend um, has a wife and kids and her first thought is like how she'd like to kill those children <laughs> and I was like I can't watch this anymore this is I not good for you. I can't root for you and I really liked you in the earlier season so I don't know what mm. hmm. everybody was mad coming to work that day
1: Ooh. No, I can't Can't do that yeah. I haven't been binging a lot I've just been re-watching stuff
0: Mm-hmm. Like my
1: books, I've been rewatching Nailed It. I rewatched Coco last night. Oh, again. That is a good ass movie. So that is a movie. Are,
0: are you gonna watch uh, Soul? Is that out? That's <sighs> out around right
1: It's coming. out Listen, here's the thing. Like mm-hmm. one, didn't we like? I need Talk to about how we get to
0: see black people on screen.
1: That and like their whole storytelling shtick of take something that doesn't have feelings and then ex- like an anthropomorphize it. It's just getting. We did it with emotions.
0: We, mm-hmm. we did it
1: with toys. We did it with bugs. I'm like, tell us. I don't know. I don't. I, I'm kind of tired of soul. And yeah, I saw the character, the black man, get turned into a blue shapeless blob. And I was like, okay, I'm out.
0: Is that, is that movie? And correct me if I'm wrong because I'm just going off the trailers. Is it about a black person who dies so he can convince a white person to live soul <laughs> like who is? what's the cast, uh, soul, cast. I it was like, soul cast is not going to give me I, I thought, thought it was
1: like sort of inside out adjacent in that he is a soul shoot he is like he is a soul and he like has to ret- so he okay so he gets somehow away from his body and uh-huh. he has to like learn about he has to go on an adventure
0: to get back into his body according to Wikipedia oh okay because I thought it was about this guy this black guy who's a jazz teacher in a school he gets like his dream job or something and the day he gets it he dies like he falls on a mantle (laughs) and dies and his soul is starting to go toward heaven or whatever it is but he says he doesn't want to go and he like rainbow bridge jumps off or rainbow road jumps (laughs) off and lands in a place where souls are at before they go into new babies and you
1: may be right honestly because i i'm not gonna lie i didn't look that much into soul because i was already kind of bored by it
0: (laughs) and he like has to convince this like baby soul to live and then he comes to terms of the fact that he is going to die that's my interpretation but i don't know for sure i was just like pixar is this the way you want to take your first black character
1: it's just i'm just over the whole one i'm over the whole we have a character that's like the fourth time like tiana that spy pigeon movie <laughs> it's like brother and not even just black people brother bear the emperor's new groove like you, like, you can't just let someone stay a human. That, this is a yeah. whole other episode. Well, so.
0: they're going to have a Tiana series. Did you see that?
1: I did see that. that so when they dropped oh, that's
0: those. That's going to be good.
1: All that stuff on us yesterday. That was a lot. That movie.
0: was a lot. I was like, ooh, you really do have a monopoly, huh?
1: They do. And it's like, you want to try and enjoy all the new stuff. But at the same time, you're like, is this, is this good for entertainment? Is this good for us?
0: hmm And then so. I think their next one after that's going to be, I know it's going to be Italian. I don't know the extent of it it sounds like it's gonna be a gay story it sounds like I I I I would put like five dollars that it's gonna be a story about a young man or a kid who has a crush on his friend or something and they're gonna be like look at us we're heroes it's the first Pixar story with a a gay character you know how they always do that I'm kind of like, well, are you a hero? Because, like, who was preventing you from doing that? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Overcame
1: our own self. It's like that Marvel. Remember how, like, big of a deal they were making about the first canonically gay character in the Marvel right. movie? And it was just that guy at a group, a group uh <laughs> like, I met my
0: bad husband. And they're like, huh?
1: And Marvel was like, aren't we so enlightened?
0: And it's like, but who was, it's like when Kanye was always like, oh man, you know, they were holding me down. They were keeping me in that bathroom, <laughs> making the beats. And it was like, who's they? Because I'm pretty sure it's Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I'm just, uh
1: I'm just tired. I'm tired of 2020. I'm tired of people. Disney, I'm so, I'm just exhausted by Disney. In the Star Wars stuff, there's another Mandalorian series. I didn't even finish the first one.
0: So I, I, I like uh, Lil Grogu. Um, oh, he has but, a name
1: now. That's right. I'm yeah. still going to call him Baby Yoda.
0: I, the plot is pretty good. I'm a sci-fi person. I'm not a Star Wars person, but I like how they're kind of like modernizing the story with like some more modern sci-fi conventions like it doesn't have to be about the guy who saves the whole universe maybe it's a very personal story but uh, I would say ninety eight point nine nine repeating the draw for me is just that puppet (laughs) (laughs) not just just you I
1: think that's (laughs) everyone
0: uh my kid got a lot of um baby yoda stuff a lot Uh,
1: star star wars and this is a whole other episode the star wars fandom as a whole just seems like kind of it really turns me off
0: Mm. like i know it's
1: not everyone but like they seem so they've reached like a level of toxicity it's like you don't want to willingly get into it and i don't have any like long-term nostalgic feels
0: Mm -hmm. or strong
1: emotions Star Wars, so i can easily just be like yeah i'm cool bye
0: yeah yeah no it seems like just this hesitancy and this is across i think the nerd spectrum it's like oh you were made fun of even though i feel like star wars is super popular so i don't know how much people it's mainstream so but this idea that you were so marginalized and you were so um prevented from like being the cool kid um that it became that that persecution became part of your personality and so when other people say like hey I felt the same way because I was Indian at the all-white school and people were like you know I felt really othered but I found a lot of solace or I found a lot of community or I felt I felt better when you know being part of the Star Wars community and now these people are speaking up and this idea that it would open up, like, your precious thing would, like, open up to more people is so terrible to you that you just have to keep it exclusive. And it's kind of like, well, I feel like part of being a nerd is, like, being happy when other people get into the things you're into. You know what I mean? Like yeah, whole... exactly. Go
1: ahead. I was just gonna say, like, more people getting into it has just gotten you more Star Wars.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's like, aren't you aren't you happy that you can go and you can talk about it and you can, like, say you're really niche? Like, my husband was telling me some conspiracy theory about um, Jar Jar Binks and how he was, like, the <laughs> evil one and all of it. And I was like, why are well, telling me more? It's like, if you are a real nerd and you love this shit, you love explaining, like, the nitty-gritty to people. So isn't this just another opportunity to do that? Right. I don't know. It's more fun. It's more fun than keeping people out. I'll just say that.
1: Yeah. I think the the whole thesis of this episode is stop gatekeeping.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yourself if you want to write erotica you know what? Oh, maybe this girl is. No, I was going to say maybe she's the uh, Ice Planet pod but I don't, I don't think she's afraid of nothing. <laughs> I don't think she would write that. I don't think she would write an article like that.
1: No, I don't think she would. I think she'd own it.
0: Yeah. She, um,
1: Ruby is <laughs> Ruby's having too much fun.
0: Right. But it's like just just don't keep keep yourself don't keep yourself from having a good time. Don't keep other people from having a good time. It's so hard out. Like shit is difficult right now. So why add more bad feel you know what I mean? Like why make it harder? It's an undue burden. So Maybe that's the takeaway for 2020, a very small takeaway in a very confusing year.
1: Yeah. Don't just find joy where you can and stop stressing about how other people perceive it.
0: Yeah. Well, on that note, (laughs) it's almost lunchtime here for baby.
1: (laughs) Yes, I gotta go check on my mom, too.
0: Are there any closing thoughts for 2020?
1: Just make it. So we're almost through after mm-hmm. 2020, we just got to get to January 20 and maybe mm-hmm. things will get, I don't think they'll get much better. I don't think they'll instantly be fixed, but maybe we can start getting in the right direction again.
0: Yeah. Instead of maybe so, yeah.
1: Backsliding.
0: Exactly. Maybe at least some of the pressure will come off.
1: <laughs> yes. So.
0: Well, thank That's you for everyone, everyone. who stuck yes. with. Us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And... Thank you. Happy new year. Thank you to all our patrons.
0: Yes. We're going to have um, uh, some video game talk for you. And we're also going to um, have some mess. We'll be back in January, which is some mess.
1: Yes. I, for one, am looking forward to have... This will be... We only existed for a very brief period in a Trump-free world.
0: He uh-huh. started in
1: August. He was elected in November. So I, for one, look forward to having a podcast where we can, like... Just enjoy life. Yeah. And like not have to worry about what some bubble in the White House is
0: doing. <laughs> um, right. All right. Um, well, on that note, we will see you for Urban Like January. And just take care of yourself. You know? Yeah. Again, read your book. Listen to your audio book. Watch a mess on, you know, binge yeah. something. Watch this to your sister. Make sourdough. <laughs> play a video game. Live, Sorry. You Live yes. your life. Live your life. Bye. Bye.
1: In the no, don't in the call, but we can
0: see. Okay, so back to books and back to the um <laughs> you know larger episode. Um, let's talk about our reading in twenty twenty.
1: Yes, so I can tell you I did not read much. I read about twenty four books if you don't count. I almost had 30, but five of those were like kids' cancer books. 24 books. Um, half of those were Ice bar Barbarians. <laughs> so I don't think, I think I read maybe all of 10 new books this year. It was not one of my most productive years, but I made it through. I read what I needed to read for the podcast. What really feels less, less even than not reading was I feel really cut off from like reading and book as a community, like, I don't know what's coming out at all next year.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know what's coming
1: out. I don't even know, and some of this might be the pandemic, because I know it messed with publishing and, and promotion. I don't really know what big books came out this year. So Mm -hmm. I just feel kind of, I read, I survived, I'm going to try and do better. I've been working on my like New Year's resolutions for 2021. And let me tell you, the bar is so low because I went into 2020 with all these like aspirational goals, and the year was like, yeah, and that ain't happening, so I'm going into 2020. It's like, read 20 books. Uh, lose 10 pounds. <laughs> so I'm keeping it. My reading this year was pretty chill. I didn't get to read everything I wanted to.
0: Barack Obama on my
1: shelf in November.
0: Oh, the big one-pounder?
1: <laughs> I even have the audio book, and I was like, I can't. I'm sorry.
0: Let me ask you, what is your, like, what's the most interesting or favorite or book that you read that you didn't get to talk about on a podcast?
1: Ooh, okay. Now I got to go, because I also forgot what I read, so (laughs) sorry, let me go look at what I read, because a lot of them I did get to talk about if it wasn't on this podcast, Mm -hmm. the other podcast uh do you have one while i look for mine what was well wait a minute sorry because then i realized that's awkward to edit so let me just find one. No, it's fine um we read an Unkind of. Skull. let me see oh that book was disappointing i read i'll see another thing was a lot of the books i read that's talking about the ones for the podcast but a lot of the books i read were kind of disappointing like mm-hmm. Rabbit. oh mm-hmm. Rabbit was very disappointing it was supposed to be about rabies mm-hmm. they barely talked about rabies like you can't yeah, have a what book did they called talk about? they talked about like The development of like the, so they had to talk about the development of like the rabies vaccine, right? But to do that, apparently we had to get like a 50 page history of the, uh, of pasteurization because the guy who invented rabies and who invented pasteurization also invented the rabies vaccine. Okay. It was, it was all, there wasn't enough rabies, which is a weird, (laughs) (laughs) it's a weird (laughs) review to leave on a book, but not enough rabies. Okay, mm-hmm. I have a book, actually, and I feel mm-hmm. like you. I'm going to feel like you when I talk about this one. I read Severance by Ling Ma. Mm-hmm. It was probably the most literary thick book I read this year. Mm-hmm. And it was very fitting because in the book, a pandemic spreads throughout <laughs> the world, and our main character is sort of, it takes place on two timelines. One, right up to the pandemic starting, mm-hmm. and then two, the after effect as she's like trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very literary. Like, (laughs) I need someone to explain to me what was going on. Because I have my, I have my, like, hypothesis, but I don't know if it's accurate. Mm. Um, But it was, it was just interesting to see because I've read genre, it's like, going back to what we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. It's just really interesting when literary fiction takes a concept that genre fiction does like all the time. Mm-hmm. and how differently it is. Because, like, they don't talk about, like, the actual pandemic or, like, dig...
0: they talk about their feelings about it.
1: Well, yeah, and, like, how they develop and, like, the effect, and it's, like, her relationships with her mom. And I'm like, madam mm-hmm. you're, 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 like, one of, like, a thousand survivors left in the world. We oh. don't need to talk about your mommy issue. <laughs> I don't know. It's just really interesting to see. Because I also tried to read, um, This is how you lose the Time War. I'm sure Uh, you didn't know. Did you read that one?
0: Uh. -uh.
1: It was. It was another like literary fiction trying to do genre, and it was so bad. I hated it. (laughs) And that book got such accolades, and Mm -hmm. I feel it. The language was really pretty, and I think people were letting that
0: cloud Uh them
1: because the actual book. It didn't do the romance very well. It didn't do the sci It's a time war. It's a book that takes place during a time war, Molly. People (laughs) are going back and forth through time.
0: And having a war. And it's like, I would like to know more about that.
1: Yes, and they don't. They don't talk about it at all. We get in these long, pretentious ramblings about, like, about, you know, their existence and what it all means. I am like, I don't care. I want to see you get in a fight with Caesar. (laughs) Like...
0: (laughs) It's just... No, I get what you're saying, yeah.
1: So, I don't know. It's like, I, you've got to be so literary. It's like, why even bother have it take place? Why even have this setting if you're not going to lean into it? I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see that.
1: <laughs> so, those are the two books I read. It wasn't a great... Like, the books I read, I really enjoyed the romance. I really enjoyed um, uh, No One When No One Is Watching. I really enjoyed um, The Worst Best Man, which was not on the podcast, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed that one. And I enjoyed The Boyfriend Project. I enjoyed, I even, you know what? Hold You Down <laughs> was <that been laughs> one of the highlights of my year, because I still think about that book a
0: lot. I still think a about it, you. <laughs> you do, too.
1: I think I, I compare, I I still, like, I could do a whole thesis on that main character versus Midnight, mm. or, or Winter, I mean. Mm-hmm. And, like like, I still think about that book. So it's been a weird reading year for me. <laughs> I don't. I don't have much to say. The books I read were either mediocre, or I've already discussed them at length mm-hmm. on the podcast, or they're rereads. So you've already heard
0: me ramble.
1: <laughs> it was just a disjointed year.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: I just came across a quote on my spreadsheet for holding down. The only men she ever loved were dead ones: Benjamin Franklin and Andrew Jackson.
0: <laughs> hey, at least she's direct.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. The B-tilly, that the one that took place in the nightclub in the in the strip mall, Ooh. like that that book, the boat, that was the one with the boat, right?
0: Yeah, where she was all on the boat at the end.
1: <laughs> that book ends on a boat.
0: It was a good book. I thoroughly did <laughs> it.
1: It was wild. It made me. I will say, doing these urban lit months have, if not gained an appreciation, they have sharpened my ability to properly critique them. Like I know what I'm looking for now.
0: <laughs> mhm. Mhm. So I think there's there's someone who reached out to us, but I think I think I want to go in a different direction for January.
1: Okay.
0: That's because I'm
1: up for whatever.
0: I think I just like being messy in January. <laughs> and I think I found one that okay. we should read.
1: I'm excited.
0: But I don't want to say it yet in case it's it's, it's different, we'll but we'll, <laughs> we'll see it on Twitter. And then we might have something different for January. you in late January or February. Yeah. I just, you
1: can't call yourself a baller if you're complaining about $1,200 rent. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> sorry. Was
1: was, I was like, I'm sorry. No. Even uh, in St. Louis, that is not... Stop. I, mean, yeah. I know we're we're Midwest and Bumpkin, but we're not that.
0: Yeah. It's like, I mean, that'll get you a nice apartment, but that's not... You're not going to be, like, Except you know, no. in a mansion. <laughs>
1: There's no doorman.
0: Like, <laughs> Oh. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: How about how was your reading, Molly?
0: Um, so I would say I did not keep track of like the kids' books that I read because there were a lot of them. Um but uh I I I found out, I will say, that the rainbow fish, which you know I have a love right. or I would say a hate hate relationship with. <laughs> but um I like to really like lean in and do a lot of voices when I'm reading books to my kid, and um, he really, really, really likes the octopus voice that I do for that one, and so he'll like pick up the book and turn right to that page. Oh, cute. But I found out that the board book, because we have the board book version, is not the whole story of the Rainbow Fish, and it might have been edited in such a way to make the message even worse. Oh,
1: (laughs) they. They abbreviated it, it's abridged. There's an abridged
0: strange. version. I guess they abridge a lot of children's books to adapt them into board books, which I had no idea was a thing. So I was reading it. The Amazon reviews, if they're to be believed, say like this is a terrible version because it makes the the message of the book garbage. It's like there's so many one star reviews. <laughs> it's up
1: now.
0: right What's so the new I, message? I Well, the new message is you should rip apart your body, like, the most beautiful things of your body, and give them away to people who ask so they'll like you. <laughs>
1: uh, I can't get worse than that.
0: Right? Because he, like, rips up his uh, shining scales and gives it to, like, this fucking annoying little blue fish that hounds him throughout the whole damn book. Like, you know how your shining scales canopies? And it's just it's it's such a bad message. But I if these reviews are to be believed, then, you know, there's a better message in the full on a bridge book. So I'm trying to figure out how, you know, without a library, because I saw on Twitter someone said that she gets very annoyed when um American Book people mention the library because she does not have a library, and what is she supposed to do? I was like, "Girl, I don't, I don't know, but I'll try to be more cognizant of that in the future." It's like I don't run the library system in your country, so I can't give you practical advice because I don't know you. I'm not living that life. But what I can do is be more, you know, cognizant of the way that I talk about how I acquire books. Um, so what is a way? You know, library shut down. I don't want to pay any more money for. <laughs> and I don't want to steal it so what's the way that I can see the whole story of Rainbow Fish
1: oh I think I know a way
0: oh okay you-
1: YouTube for some reason people will just go up and read entire children's books on YouTube and they will not get taken down like remember when I said I had that like I was going through all those cancer books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's how I read most of them <laughs>
0: I'm gonna have to look into that.
1: I read some elephant and piggy books. <laughs> People will just read the whole book and YouTube will not take them down.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna have to look into that. Because I need mean, I need I want a quest to know the real story. But that's I, I said what are books that you haven't talked about on the podcast? And I've been talking about the rainbow fish too much on this podcast. So I don't think I talked about um Hidden Bodies, which huh. was the um follow-up to you which was a netflix series i
1: haven't read that one yet either or watched that one yet either
0: you the show's good the show is very good because it's about like a guy who works at a bookstore (laughs) who becomes a stalker so it's very like you know crimey but it's also like extremely pretentious and bookish even the show um and then the book is, is good. I really enjoyed it. So they came out with a second season and I was like, okay, I'm gonna I listen to the audiobook like when my son was like first born. So I'd be like up five times a night just like listening to this book. And um we have like those lights that you can control with like your voice or whatever, um, and you can tell them to turn to red. And like the baby book said that a, an infant can't see the color red, so if you get up in the middle of the night to feed him, Use red lights because he can't see. So I'm listening to this book about this dude who's killing all these people at 2 a.m. with all the lights are red. That so is, that
1: would... I did not know that. Is that true? Like, babies can't see? Like, cause I know babies have some shitty eyesight when they're first born.
0: I have absolutely no idea if that's true or not. <laughs> I love <laughs> the
1: idea that babies can't see red. I don't know why. And,
0: and I think, like, red light. But, like, so... they would still see
1: the, that's, Babies are
0: interesting. I don't know. He'd just be, like, staring at me. I'd be staring at him, and I'd have the audiobook on. So we both listened to that book. <laughs> and it was good. I like I think... the
1: idea of him being like, this nigga lying. I can see <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay. Sorry, go ahead. You would, you would like, if anything, you would like the series, because it's it's just very snobby and very, very bookish. Um... I think I talked about the Tudor phase that I went on. Alice yes. in the Six Wives of Henry VIII, Life of Elizabeth I, The Children of Henry VIII.
1: Yes, because you had a deep dive.
0: I had a deep dive. I would say if you like messy historicals, like The Six Wives of Henry VIII, is like it's very good, and she is not above getting into like the messy, gossipy um, side of things. And it's, like, I also like this other podcast. It's um, Royal Blood. I kind of like it. I kind of don't like it. It's all about, like, um, it's a history podcast. It's all about, like, royals. They are very, very skewed toward uh, white royals. They kind of had the period in the summer where they were, like, let's talk about some Black people. Um, But I remember, like, it was a lot of stories I didn't know. Um, because they made history so boring in high school, I feel like I tuned it all out and now I'm going back and I'm like, they did want to kill Lincula? Why did they tell me about this in high school? I would have paid more attention. Um, but uh she also did a series on the success of Henry VIII. and it was based a lot of, on this book. And I realized like they romanticize a lot of this story and they kind of give agency, like they kind of modernize like some of the the way that they talk about his wives and all this stuff and it's just like i don't know yeah and it just was like oh the story you know this allison weir is the one who wrote it and she like goes really deep and she doesn't romanticize it she talks about the facts and it kind of like said oh the story that i've been told is not like you know it's bringing kind of a modern lens to it and um it was just interesting to like go into like this deep deep historical dive that was like let me tell you how it happened and still done in a way that was engaging and still done in a way that was like uh well researched and all this stuff so if you're gonna read if you want like a big book because it's it's extremely long (laughs) (laughs) and you just want to uh well I guess not extremely long 22 hours um so not super long um It's just, it's very good, and it's super messy, and it's just a lot of fun. Um, And then uh, I talked a little bit about, and now she's gone, that Rachel Hazel Hall book um, is another mystery, and it's... Yes! Yeah. um, You know, I'm getting more of a feel for her characters, like, kind of messy, (laughs) kind of, like, not great (laughs) at this whole, like, um... uh, mystery novel character thing, but just a lot of fun and a lot of humor and still like uh, good mysteries and all that stuff. Um she we talked about her uh um all falls down last year. Yeah. Was a, which was good. That was
1: a wild book.
0: It was wild. And I remember we were like, what? Huh? And the main character and this main character is also very messy, but she's not like evil like that character was. <laughs> So it's fun. Um, And then finally, um, just another giant fantasy book um, that I won't get too much into, but um, uh, Brandon Sanderson's Rhythm of War that I've been listening to a lot while I work from home and do a lot of, like, very rote stuff. And I'm like, I'll do that. I'll put this in the database so I can, like, secretly listen to another hour or two of this <laughs> And then I turn around to my husband, who literally is always right behind me <laughs> in this <laughs> lockdown life. And I said, like, can you believe Dalinar did X, Y, Z? And he's like, who the fuck is Dalinar? <laughs> so those are the ones that I didn't really get to talk about too much. But... um you know. You
1: I did think some that. good reading.
0: Not really because I think there's like three other books on this list so not a lot.
1: But like I read a bad book about rabies in alien sex series. You got like a tutor history and, and some good fantasy it sounds like but I'm not comparing but no, I was no. like you did some good reading.
0: I cannot tell you how nerdy this book is. Like it's Like, these people have giant swords and, like, fantasy armor. And it's, like, I think I said, like, the guy is Mormon who writes it.
1: Yes, you told me.
0: Yeah, and it, like, it influences the book. Like, the way he talks about religion, the way he talks about, like, the characters and everything. Like, they have a love triangle, and it ends with the character saying, like, it's not right that I should uh, cheat on my fiancé. And then the other guy's like, you're right. That's what a good you know, you're a good person, so I think that you should not do it. And high five, and then the love triangle's over. But it's <laughs> also, older. like, yeah, it's not prudish. Like, there's an older character. Like, the horniest character in the book is, like, this older um, woman, and she's like, <laughs> there's a whole scene where she, like, uh, you know, standing in her room, and she takes her clothes off, and she's like, I let's do it. And he's like, not right now. <laughs> but then in this one she's like she's talking about uh she's leaning against him and drinking some coffee in front of a radiator or whatever and um uh, she's like she's like now let me get that yuck and he's like alright and then she's like and then she experienced a third type of heat <laughs> like, like you get it so it's, it's, it's extremely like if I you know you say oh that's good you know it's like the most nerd, hardcore nerd thing that you could possibly get into, and I don't know why because it doesn't seem like it would be on my radar. But like I'm, I this is book four. They're all like 50 hours long, and I'm just in it too much now.
1: I love it. Uh, did you watch The Crown? It's not. I t- sure it's did. Tudor adjacent. It's not Tudors.
0: Yes, okay. I, I need to get into
1: it I have a friend who's been watching it I have a friend who's watched it for a while but the 80s and Diana and Charles I was like okay now you've caught my interest it's so, to start at the beginning.
0: It's so messy and I am so like I'm like personally mad and people say like they don't want to watch it because it kind of glorifies their lifestyle and I'm like but you have you seen it because it kind of makes them look terrible
1: yeah I think it makes isn't like her brother is really mad about it He's like, oh know, yeah it makes, it makes yeah like they're talking about
0: how nasty the palace is and how it smells bad and how like every time anyone walks into like their whatever where they live, they're like,' ooh, it's kind of dank in here <laughs> um and it just has like a very and they're like, oh, and by the way, they are all Nazis, like they're Nazis. Have I told you they're Nazis? They're Nazis. They're not Nazis. This guy was a Nazi. That guy was a Nazi. Allegedly. But here's some actual pictures of them, like, wearing Nazi stuff. You know, I'm not saying. So it's like, I don't feel like they're trying to make them look particularly good, except for when Diana came in. And they're like, she was a saint who walked among us. <laughs> like, a literal princess. um, Cinderella. <laughs> So put up
1: with all y'all messy ass. I mean she was married to Charles and put up with his ass,
0: so <sighs> it's so messy. So messy. Um another good one, if you have HBO, the undoing. Have you seen that? No. Oh I don't have HBO. Oh so done. So. We're um sharing a login. And it's everyone who lives um. in the house, you know, so I don't feel particularly bad about it, but so messy and so yeah. TV, I definitely, I actually didn't watch that much TV. I was going to say watch more. I watched all Sister, Sister and Girlfriends.
1: That's another, we're going to have to do one another, cause some of those, because someone was like, girlfriends didn't age well, and, like, it I kind of agree, because those girl, those women, I guess I'll call them women girls, they're just, like, they're kind of, they're, messy in, a, they're so messy in a strange way, so...
0: And just in a hateful way, it's like, do you guys even like each other?
1: Yeah, it's like things from the odds. Maybe they can. I don't know. I oh yeah. Mom watched.
0: Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I
1: was say we also watched a little Moesha and Sister Sister. Sister Sister held up okay. Sister sister, sister sister is
0: classic. Yeah, like I was like very surprised, especially the early seasons. Like I was like, oh yeah. my like, <laughs> <laughs> Sister Sister definitely held up. Um, I did not watch this when it came out, but I watched it when it came on Netflix. The game, fucking terrible. Ooh, that was a, does not, I can't, even like the first early seasons, I'm like, this is weird. This seems real hateful. Like, this is just, this is just a mean ass show. Like, this is bad. I had to stop watching it when one of the characters that I actually liked finds out that her, um, uh, boyfriend um, has a wife and kids and her first thought is like how she'd like to kill those children <laughs> and I was like I can't watch this anymore this is I not good for you. I can't root for you and I really liked you in the earlier scenes so I don't know what mm. Mm. everybody was mad coming to work that day
1: Ooh. No, I can't, can't do that yeah. I haven't been binging a lot I've just been re-watching stuff
0: Mm-hmm. Like my
1: books, I've been rewatching. Nailed it. I rewatched Coco last night. Alright again. That is a good ass movie. So, that is a good ass movie.
0: Are, are you gonna watch uh, Soul? Is that out? That's not around. <sighs> the- right?
1: It's coming out. Listen, here's the thing. Like mm-hmm. one, didn't we like? I need talk to talk about how we think to
0: see black people on screen.
1: That and like their whole storytelling shtick of take something that doesn't have feelings and then ex like, and anthropomorphize it. It's just getting, we did it with emotions, we, mm-hmm. we did it with toys, we did it with bugs. I'm like, tell us, I don't know, I don't, I, I'm kind of tired of Soul. And yeah, I saw the character, the Black man, get turned into a blue shapeless blob, and I was like, okay, I'm out.
0: Is that, is that movie, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just going off the trailers, is it about a Black person who dies so he can convince a white person to live. Soul? <laughs> like, who is... What's the cast? Uh, soul cast. I thought it was, like... Soul like, cast is not gonna give me what I I thought, thought I
1: want. it was, like, sort of inside-out adjacent in that he is a soul. Shoot. He is, like, he is a soul and he, like, has to... Ret- so he... Okay. So he gets somehow away from his body and uh-huh. he has to, like, learn about he has to go on an adventure to get back
0: into his body according to Wikipedia oh okay because I thought it was about this guy the black guy who's a jazz teacher in a school he gets like his dream job or something and the day he gets it he dies like he falls on a hole <laughs> and dies and his soul is starting to go toward heaven or whatever it is but he says he doesn't want to go and he like rainbow bridge jumps off or rainbow road jumps <laughs> off and lands in a place where souls are at before they go into new babies and you he,
1: may be right honestly because i'm not gonna lie i didn't look that much into soul because i was already kind of bored by it
0: <laughs> and he like has to convince this like baby soul to live and then he comes to Terms of the fact that he is going to die. That's my interpretation, but I don't know for sure. I was just like, Pixar, is this the way you want to take your first black character?
1: It's just, I'm just over the whole. One, I'm over the whole. We have a character. That's like the fourth time, like Tiana, that spy pigeon movie. (laughs) It's like brother, and not even just black people, brother bear, the emperor's new groove. Like you, like, you can't just let someone stay a human. That's, this is a yeah. whole other episode.
0: Well, so. they're going to have a Tiana series. Did you see that?
1: I did see that. that so when they dropped oh, that those. That
0: could be good.
1: All that stuff on us yesterday. That was a, that was a lot.
0: was I was like, ooh, you really do have a monopoly, huh?
1: They do. And it's like, you want to try and enjoy all the new stuff. But at the same time, you're like, is this is this good for entertainment? Is this good for us?
0: Mm-hmm. And then I think their next one after that's going to be, I know it's going to be Italian. I don't know the extent of it. It sounds like it's going to be a gay story. It sounds like I, 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 I would put like five dollars that it's going to be a story about a young man or a kid who has a crush on his friend or something, and they're going to be like, "Look at us, we're heroes." It's the first Pixar story with a a gay character. You know how they always do that. I'm kind of like, well, are you a hero? Because, like, who was preventing you from doing that? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? came
1: our own self. <laughs> it's like that Marvel. Remember how, like, big of a deal they were making about the first canonically gay character in the Marvel right. movie? And it was just that guy at a group, a group uh, session.
0: <laughs> oh, like, my bad husband. And they're like, huh?
1: And Marvel was like, aren't we so enlightened?
0: And it's like, but who was, it's like when Kanye was always like, oh man, you know, they were holding me down, they were keeping me in that bathroom, <laughs> making the beats, and it was like, who's they? Because I'm pretty sure it's Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, I'm just, uh
1: I'm just tired. I'm tired of 2020. I'm tired of people. Disney, I'm so, I'm just exhausted by Disney. In Star Wars stuff, there's another Mandalorian series. I didn't even finish the first one.
0: So I, I, I like uh, Lil Grogu. Um, oh, he has uh, a name
1: now. That's right. I'm yeah. still going to call him Baby Yoda.
0: I, the plot is pretty good. I'm a sci-fi person. I'm not a Star Wars person. But I like how they're kind of like modernizing the story with like some more modern sci-fi conventions like it doesn't have to be about the guy who saves the whole universe maybe it's a very personal story but uh, I would say 98.99 repeating Um, the draw for me is just that puppet (laughs) not just you I
1: think that's (laughs) everyone
0: uh my kid got a lot of um baby yoda stuff a lot Uh,
1: star star wars and this is a whole other episode the star wars fandom as a whole just seems like kind of it really turns me off
0: Mm -hmm. like i know it's
1: not everyone but like they seem so they've reached like a level of toxicity it's like you don't want to willingly get into it and i don't have any like long-term nostalgic feels
0: Mm -hmm. or strong
1: emotions Star Wars, so i can easily just be like yeah i'm cool bye
0: yeah yeah, no, it seems like just this hesitancy, and this is across I think the nerd spectrum, it's like, oh you were made fun of, even though I feel like Star Wars is super popular, so I don't know how much people hear It's mainstream. Know. So, but this idea that you were so marginalized, and you were so um, prevented from like being the cool kid, um, that it became, that that persecution became part of your personality and so when other people say like hey I felt the same way because I was Indian at the all-white school and people were like you know I felt really othered but I found a lot of solace or I found a lot of community or I felt I felt better when you know being part of the Star Wars community and now these people are speaking up and this idea that it would open up, like, your precious thing would, like, open up to more people is so terrible to you that you just have to keep it exclusive. And it's kind of like, well, I feel like part of being a nerd is, like, being happy when other people get into the things you're into. You know what I mean? Like yeah, whole...
1: definitely. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, more people getting into it has just gotten you more Star Wars.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's like, aren't you aren't you happy that you can go and you can talk about it and you can like say you're really niche? Like my cousin was telling me some conspiracy theory about um Jar Jar Binks and how he was like the <laughs> evil one and all of it. I was like, Why well, tell me more? It's like if you are a real nerd and you love this shit, you love explaining like the nitty gritty to people. So isn't this just another opportunity to do that? Right. I don't know, it's more fun. It's more fun than keeping people out, I'll just say that.
1: Yeah. I think the, the whole thesis of this episode is stop gatekeeping.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yourself, if you want to write erotica, you know what? Oh, maybe this girl is no, I was gonna say maybe she's the uh ice planet pod, but I don't I don't think she's afraid of nothing. <laughs> I don't think she would write that. I don't think she would write an article like that.
1: No, I don't think she would. I think she'd own it.
0: Yeah. She, um
1: Ruby is <laughs> Ruby's having too much fun.
0: Right. But it was like just just don't keep keep yourself don't keep yourself from having a good time. Don't keep other people from having a good time. It's so hard out. Like shit is difficult right now. So why add more bad feel you know what I mean? Like why make it harder? It's an undue burden. So Maybe that's the takeaway for 2020, a very small takeaway in a very confusing year.
1: Yeah. Don't just find joy where you can and stop stressing yeah. about how other people perceive it.
0: Yeah. Well, on that note, are there so, any closing thoughts for 2020?
1: Just make it. So we're almost through. After mm-hmm. 2020, we just got to get to January 20. And maybe things will get... I don't think they'll get much better. I don't think they'll instantly be fixed. But maybe we can start getting in the right direction again. Yeah, instead of backsliding.
0: Exactly. Maybe at least some of the pressure will come off.
1: Yes. So.
0: <gasps> well, thank That's you for it, everyone who stuck yes. with us. Yeah.
1: Yes, and thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you to all our patrons.
0: Yes. We're going to have... Um, uh some video game talk for you and we're also going to um have some mess we'll be back in January which is the mess
1: yes I for one I'm looking forward to have this will be we only existed for a very brief period in a Trump free world
0: he uh-huh. started in
1: August he was elected in November so I mm-hmm. for one look forward to having a podcast where we can like just enjoy life yeah. and like not have to worry about what some bubble fuck in the White House is doing <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. All right. Well, on that note, we will see you for Urban like January and just take care of yourself. You know? Yep. Again, read your book, listen to your audiobook, watch the mess on, you know, yep. binge something, watch this to your sister, make sourdough, <laughs> play a video game. It's Live all, you right. Live yes. <laughs> all right. Live your life. alrighty Bye. Black Chick Lit hopes you have enjoyed this program.